Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Don. And thank you, Ron. All right. So real quick, did everyone here, does everyone here have one of these? Is anybody that does not have one of these, raise your hand. Okay, hold on one second. Okay, so part of the reasons that you have kids are to have them help you, right? Because there's certain areas that you have to, you know, you just need them. You need an extra set of hands, whatever it might be. Now, the oldest child is the experimental child. Like all the bad stuff happens to the oldest child. And so right now, my oldest child is sitting there staring at me like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Don't make me do this. So I'm not going to. I'm going to bring up my youngest child, Becca, and she's going to come up here for a second real quick. Rebecca, come here. If you do not have one of these, raise your hand. Okay. Okay, keep your hand out. All right, Becca, right there is a box of these. I want you to hand this to every single person that has their hand up. Go ahead and take the box with you. If you need more, go ahead. Everyone has to have one of these. It's like Vanna White handing these out. Look at that. So happy. Turn the letter, turn the letter. Keep those hands up. Keep them up. Each person needs one. Each person needs one. So today we are going to answer the greatest question that you would ever have to answer. And if I were to ask you what that question might be, I'll let you think about it for a little bit, but we answer questions all the time. If you are a golfer, when you get up on the first tee, you have to ask yourself, okay, what club am I gonna use? And sometimes it's not the club you wanna use because you don't hit it the best, but you're like, you know what? It's the right club for this time. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And then when we shank one into the woods or we hit one into the water, we start to rethink and go, oh, that was really a bad choice that I made. Every time that we, if you're a hunter, every time now, especially if you're a hunter and you look out, there's only so many tags that you have to shoot a deer. And so you have to make the choice early in the season. Do I want to take that doe or do I want to wait for that big old buck to come along? Because man, when that one comes along, that's going to be the one I want to hang on my wall because that's part of what you do as a hunter. And so you may wait and wait and wait. The problem is you only have two tags. And so November could turn into December, which could turn into March really quickly. And you could walk off without anything. So you have to make that decision. But every single day, we ask ourselves a question, whether we realize it or not. And many times it's subconscious and we don't even know that we're doing it. Ladies, what is it I'm going to wear today? And then we put it on and we're like, oh my goodness, did I, how did I even pick that out? You know, what's going on? And then we have to change it. We have to, ladies, you have to decide how it is that you're going to wear your hair. This is the best thing for guys that go bald because they don't have to worry about that, right? Ladies, though, have to worry about every single day. Do I wear it flat? Do I wear it curly? Do I want to grow this out? Do I want to have it this color? How is it I'm going to do as far as my hair? We answer the question without even realizing that we're asking the question. And so we'll go throughout our entire day, and 95% of what we do is subconscious, meaning that we don't even realize we're doing it. We just do it by habit. When you get in your car to start it up to get going, what's the first thing you do before you ever start the car? Hopefully. You put your seatbelt on, right? But we don't even think about that. We just do it subconsciously. And then we turn it on and the radio comes on. And it's on, you know, maximum, you know, 58 volume, whatever it might be, 57 volume. We realize, oh my goodness, I should have turned that down before I got in the car. And then we realize or not, do I want to turn that down or I want to turn that off? 
we are constantly asking ourselves questions and answering them. And many times, once again, we don't even realize we're we're asking the question. But today, what is the greatest question in your life that you have to answer? Now, for single people, your question, let's just start with younger people. If you're in high school, your question may be, you know, what am I going to do to get to graduation? And then when you get to graduation, the the question may be, where is it I'm going to take my next step? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to trade school? Am I going to go off on a mission field? What is it I'm going to do next? When we get through college and we start to make that next step at some point in some time, who is it that I want to spend the rest of my life with as my companion, as as God called Eve to Adam and Adam to Eve, as companions? Who is it that I want to spend the rest of my life with? And then when you start spending the rest of your life with that person, even with all the struggles that you have to learn to go through them, we ask questions and we continue to answer them. And then at some point, sometime, the question may come up, and not for everybody, but for a lot of people, am I ready to have children? And most women would look in the mirror and say, yes, I'm ready to have children. And most guys look in the mirror and go, (laughs) oh, I'm way too much of a child still myself. Trust me, that will help you grow up quickly. But none of those are are the most important question that you'll ever have to answer. None of those. Because every one of those questions, where it revolves around you, it revolves around the here and now. It revolves around a decision that you're going to make and then move on from. It revolves around from a subconscious way that each of us have. And it's not the most important question that you'll ever have to answer. The most important question that we'll ever have to answer is one of eternity. Because here's the thing that we know. Every single person in history, every single one of them, started with two, three, one, two, three, four digits on one side, a dash, and four more digits on the other side. Nobody's gotten out alive except for one. And that one offers that same opportunity for us to continue through alive. So every day when we answer these questions, do we answer them looking from the lens of I can be eternal? I have the opportunity to be eternal. And it's not because I need a position. It's not because of a place of power. It's because everything was put aside because God loves you and me so much that he desires to spend eternity with you. But before that ever happens, he wants to spend this day with you. It's like when I went back and and asked those questions. So we asked the question, you know, I get up in the first hole, should I hit my driver? One of my uh, favorite things I like to do is I like to golf with Chandler and his buddies especially because they're fun and they're funny. And we hit some good shots. We hit some bad shots. We hit some that we laugh about, whatever it might be. But every single hole is a set of choices. But we have this time together. I couldn't tell you what we shot the last time that we were there. But I can tell you some of the funny things that happened and how enjoyable that time was. Because life is about relationships. It's about growing together. But it's also about At some point in some time, answering the question and sharing the answer of how important our faith is to us personally. Because if they can't see it through us, they're not going to get a chance to see it. I just shared this with my wife this week. I've got these things. Some of them are gloom and doom, but they're right on. They're all based on statistics. From the year 2000 to right now, church attendance has cut in over half. So if there were 200 people going to a church... There's now less than 100 that are going to that same church. Now, the smaller churches are closing down, so some of them are going to the bigger churches. And as those bigger churches continue to grow because they have all of the resources, people still are falling off. Why? Because they haven't answered and then they haven't lived the most important question 
you will ever have to answer. So I'm going to ask you that question, and you get to answer it. But here's the thing. If you're sitting here with your spouse, your answer may be different than their answer, and you don't get to use their answer. If you're sitting here with your kids, their answer may be different than your answer, and you don't get to use their answer. Just as the kids, you don't get to use your parents' answer. This is a personal, personal choice and a personal answer. So right where you sit, because this is going to be participation, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to listen to this question that you have to answer personally. If you were to die today and come before God, and he said to you, why would I let you into heaven? What would you say? Okay, I want everyone to open their eyes and look at me. I'll ask you the second part of the question. Wait, I had you open your eyes too soon. I make mistakes all the time. Close your eyes again, close your eyes. Here, here we go. Close your eyes again, because this is important. Every eye closed, every head's bowed. God says to you, why should I let you into my heaven? If you don't know the answer, and you believe that is something that you are still working on, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. I want everyone to look at me. See, our world teaches us that we have to work for everything. We have to obtain everything. If I want to get the best gifts at Christmas, I've got to be saving, you know, now so that I'm ready, you know, when Christmas time comes or when a birthday comes, whatever it might be. If we want to go on vacation, we have to start putting aside for that vacation. If I want to get that job title, I've got to get this promotion to this promotion, whatever it might be. If I want to have whatever kind of, whatever it is that's important to you. If, if you're a golfer, if I want to get that new driver, you know, to get myself in that position to do so. If you're a hunter, if, you know, I'm going to, you know, get the, the perfect thing that I need so that I can go hunting. If it, just pick whatever it might be. If you're someone who struggles with debt, hey, you know what, uh, you know, as far as getting my finances in order. If you're someone that struggles from a relationship standpoint, you know, how is it I can get better? What is it I can do to make myself better? And everything is about earning and earning and earning until we can get to that spot. But when we get to that spot... We get to that place, we get to that moment, what's the next thing that we do? We look to earn the next step. We look to earn the next place. We, get to, we look to earn the next promotion. And so we're constantly striving and struggling and beating ourselves up and holding on to past things and you know, this addiction and this struggle and this, you know, decision I made and hanging out with the wrong people and having the wrong friends and, and not doing enough and all these things, we earn, we earn, we earn. This is the Bible, and there is nowhere in here from in the beginning to amen that shows you and tells you that you can earn your way to heaven. Because if you are trying to earn your way to heaven, that, mean that, that means that God would have given us some kind of equation that says you are now good enough. And so every day, if you're looking at yourself and you're beating yourself up, but then you're like, but you know what? Today I did seven good things and only five bad. So I'm two to the good. There should be somewhere over here on the equation where it says, hey, when I get to 100, I'm in. 
and that's nowhere in the Bible. It's not taught. Because when God sent his son, he didn't send his son so that you could earn your way anywhere. He sent his son so that you could take a step of faith to him. So that if you died today and came before God and he said to you, why should I let you in my heaven? And your answer was, well, I did 10 good things this week and only five bad. So I should be five to the good. Well, what is good? The Bible shares with us that God is good. God is love. Love is good. But doing that love through God. And the best part about it is we can reach that and obtain that eternally. And not earn it, not earn our way to it, but instead actually accept it. So we're in the book of Romans today. I want each of you to grab this book out. Everyone should have one. Now, at this point, okay, you're welcome. This is the emojis in the Roman road. This is the fourth step of the Emoji Bible Project. And this is all about, for those of you who don't know the Emoji Bible Project, we break the Bible down into smaller chunks so that people can learn it. All right? It started with the Gospel of John. It went to the missionary journeys of Paul. It went to James with Peter and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, we brought the Old Testament in with Ruth and Jonah, and now we are here at the Roman road. This is the fourth step in English. We have two of the steps done in Spanish, which we'll get to here in a little bit, because that is the sending out part. But I want you to turn to page five, because we're going to go through this together. Now, if you have a pen, grab the pen. If you need a pencil, there should be a pencil in front of you. Who has to use a pencil? I want you to look at those pencils. This is one of those great moves that we made as a church we got all those pencils for free we have hundreds and hundreds of them and if you look at the, them closely on it it says not high point but height point and that's why we got them for free so thank you for using our mistake free pen or our mistake filled pencil guess what we've all got flaws and some of you have probably never noticed that before and you now you can't unnotice it you're like oh yeah i see that which many times we do with ourselves, especially when it comes to our faith and especially when it comes to where we're at when it sh we share this word. So page five, I want you to understand this because as we go through this, some of we're going to get some, some pushback at times, starting with the why. This book is not intended to replace the Bible. Nothing can do that. It is one piece of the Bible and is intended to help generations of all ages come together through the combination of God's word and something that we all understand we, and see almost every day, emojis. Let's talk about the greatest love story ever told and let's do so with someone that we love. Now, if you look at the front cover, there's three emojis on here. On the left side, what kind of emoji is that? What? Sad face? Okay, what's the one in the middle? What's the one over on the right side? It's cross, right? So I didn't have to prompt you to tell you what any of those emojis are. This is why we use the emojis, because every 7, 17, and 70-year-olds knows what those emojis are. And every 7, 17, and 70-year-old can share about those emojis. And it gives us an opportunity for the 70-year-old to have the conversation with the 50-year-old and the 50-year-old to have the conversation with a 20-year-old and the 20-year-old to have the conversation with the 12-year-old or the 8- and 9-year-old. See, this is the New Living Translation. It's second and third grade reading level. 
So when people criticize that, it's because we can reach more people because of it. Because the numbers prove that people will take a step of faith to God 18 and under. But it's the job of those 18, 19 and above to continue to share that with the younger people. So this is not intended to, to replace the Bible. We chose a new living translation so that we could reach more people. Because those are the two of the big things that come up. Oh, that's not the Bible. And, oh, what's that wrong, the wrong version? Uh, you know what? <laughs> that's a whole other sermon, all right? I want you to turn real quick now to, to, to uh, page 10. Oh, wait, real quick. Before you do that, dog ear. Everyone know what a dog ear is? I want you to dog ear that first page. Put a little dog ear on it. Push it down like, like make a little triangle. The Roman road. Why would God send his one and only son to die for the whole world? That just seems crazy. I mean, we wouldn't, none of us as parents would give up our kids. We would trade places with them in a heartbeat. Yet, why would God send his one and only son to die for just you and me? See, God so loves the world, but we are a part of that world. After all, we are part of the world that he so loved that he gave Jesus to us. He, look at the word, he gave Jesus to us. John 3, 16 says it best. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This tells us why. Jesus was sent for each of us. But how do we get to heaven where Jesus now is? That is what the Roman road shares. It is a path to heaven for anyone who believes. In this book, it is marked easily using the emoji for the cross. If you are a person who has never taken the step of faith to God, you can go verse by verse using this cross to get to Jesus, who not only died on the cross, but came back from the dead three days later. Jesus is coming back, shows us there is hope. It showed us how much he loves us, and it showed us that we can live life now through our faith in Jesus with the promise of life with him forever. The Roman road verses. You can turn to these verses at any time, page 11 including now to follow the path to being saved. You can also turn to these verses anytime to share these verses with someone who also wants to know for sure they have a place in heaven with a God who loves them so much that he gave everything for them. Those next five on the cross are all part of this Roman road. However, just so that you know, Romans 8.1, it is not in all of what is considered the Roman road. I added it late, but it technically is not in some of the places because the people argue, oh, Romans 8.1, that's not part of the Roman road. That's fine. We added it. Why? Because we felt that it was important. John 3.16, 3, verse 17 from the emojis in the Gospel of John is another verse you can use in the Bible from emojis in the missionary journeys of Paul, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. All right? Dog ear both of the pages before we move on. That's more difficult than I thought, but it's because I have a, a microphone. All right, so here we go. Now we're going to jump just straight to John. Uh, oh, let me, let me start here real quick. Behind that page, on page 12, each, each book breaks these down into chapters. Now, on some of the books, we don't break them down completely. We don't break it down chapter by chapter. A lot of that is because of space. Whenever we translate these into Spanish, the Spanish language is this big when the English language is this big. So we have to fit it within this, you know, within these parameters. But let's look at it on page 12, introduction to Romans. So now you'll know what it is that you're going to read about. Paul was originally known as Saul. He was a Pharisee. 
The Pharisees were a group of people that made all the rules and told people how they should live according to God's book of the law, the Torah. For more information on the Torah, see the introduction to chapter 7. The rules they made had nothing to do with Jesus. At one time in his life, Paul hated Christians. The definition of a Christian is a mini-Christ. He hated them so much that he wanted to kill them. One day, though, on a trip to seek out and kill Christians, he had an encounter with Jesus. At first, Paul lost his eyesight. Eventually, he got it back and eventually became the greatest missionary in the Bible. In fact, Paul became the greatest missionary ever. He planted churches all over the Roman Empire outside of Jerusalem. In this first chapter in the book of Romans, Paul talks about the, about the Gentiles. If you aren't a Jew, meaning a person from Jerusalem, then you are a Gentile. Is there anyone here that's originally from Jerusalem? Okay, so guess what? We are all Gentiles. Good, we're all on the same page. Those are the two kinds of people you will find both in the Bible and in this world. Both the Jews and the Gentiles have missed the mark with God, which is the meaning of the word sin. And now I want you to turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Hopefully you made it to page 30. First thing we're going to do, let's dog ear it. Let's make this easy. This is the start of the Roman road. And this is the most difficult discussion because here's the thing I want you to know. If you aren't for sure, knowing for sure that you have a place in heaven, you can know for sure, 100%. And it's not how good you are or how good you're going to be. It's not all the things that you made up in the past. It's not all the things that you fixed. It's not all the stuff that you rest in and wrestle in and then say, okay, you know, now I'm ready to take this, this step toward God. It starts with faith. It continues with peace, hope, and love. And it ends in eternity. But we have to talk about the thing that is the most difficult first. Verse 23 says this, for everyone has sinned. All you Gentiles, you're all sinners. I'm a sinner. Every single one of us. For all, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So we have all sinned. Now, sin literally means miss the mark. We'll go back to golf here for a second. Every single time that you golf, your, your goal is to put the ball into the hole in the fewest short, uh, shots possible. When I was 16... We were playing in a match against the other guys on the high school golf team. We got up to the second hole on Green Hills, which, by the way, is no longer the second hole because they turned everything around. It's all backward and crazy stuff that's going on at that place since I've left. But that's our choice. Second hole, get up. It's 192-yard par three, something like that. I pull out a two-iron. Beautiful day to golf. The clouds are all mounted, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everything's great. I'm with three of my buddies golfing that are on the golf team. We're going against each other. I have to have this match. The coach set it up. I crack a ball, and as soon as I hit it, I missed it. I, I just lost it. I, I, don't, I don't know. Where, I'm sorry. I, I said I missed it. I mean, I lost it. I completely lost the ball. And so I turn to the guys, and I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. And my buddy Kevin says, that's going right at the hole. And so I turn back, and I knew where the hole was because they put a flag in it, right? And so I looked at the flag, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I saw a white thing flop down, and then it was gone. And I turned, and I go, what in the world just happened? Two of the guys said, well, it plugged over the green and it, you know, in the mud and it's, it's, it's gone. You're going to have to like go up and chunk the thing out, make a drop, whatever it might be. My other buddy said it flew straight into the hole. We got up there, so excited. There was the hole and on the backside of it, you could see where the dimples hit the backside of the hole and it literally had swallowed it up. The greatest shot 
of my entire life, I missed it. I didn't even see it. I didn't even know what was going on. But wait, the story gets better. Every year in Clyde, whoever makes the first hole-in-one, the local Ford dealer, gives a car to that person to drive around for the entire summer. I think, I think it actually is six months that, you get the, that they got the car for every year. I was 16. They had just come out with the GT Mustang convertible. Chick magnet. I was such a nerd, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, right? Not even with the car. It was the first year that they said, yeah, we're not going to do that. So I missed the best shot. On top of it, I don't get the car. It's okay. I have Deanna now, so eventually I got the girl. Totally go with it. I feel like that was God's way of watching out for me. But here's the thing. I played that hole continually after that. I went back and played nine more, 18 more. 20, you know, I would go back and play round after round after round. I never came close to doing that again. But man, I never stopped trying. And so with our faith, many times we just kind of quit trying. We try to talk with someone. We try to share with someone. And then we have to get into a discussion like this. And man, this is not where we want to talk. But here's the thing. With that golf hole, if that ball would have been a foot away, I would have missed the hole. If it would have been off the green, I would have missed the hole. If I would have duffed it just in front of the tee box, I would have missed the hole. And with God, it's the same thing. You can miss God by an inch and miss God. You can miss God by a mile and miss God. You can also miss God by a moment, a minute, a month. And you can miss God. But when you miss God, you can miss him for eternity. And it's all because of a choice that the politicians made? No. All because of a choice of someone putting God down in front of you? No. All because of a choice that someone else made or someone pushed you to? No. When we miss the mark with God, when we sin, we can miss him by an inch. We can miss him by a mile. We can miss him by a minute. We can miss him by a month. But we're going to miss him. And that choice isn't anyone else's but yours and mine. But why did God come for you? He didn't come to throw a bunch of rules at you. To say, there's, hey, there's 10 commandments. Which, by the way, there's actually over 600. Keep them all. Oh, my goodness. That's guilt and it just weighs me down. Beats me up. But until we talk about the fact that we miss the mark. And we all do. And whether it's really close or really far away, that is what sin is. So let's just get that out of the way. Because here's the best part about it. You're a sinner and I'm a sinner. You missed the mark, I missed the mark. Yeah, you missed it by a foot and I missed it by 10,000 miles. But man, we both missed it. And when it comes to eternity, God doesn't want you to miss him. So... When he comes before you, that's part of the discussion. Hey, okay, well, wait a second. Um, you just kept missing the mark with me. And why did you continue to miss the mark with me? We continue to miss the mark with God. Why? Because we choose to. It's our choice. And who falls into that category? We all do. That leads us to Romans 5.23. By the way, dog ear that page. Oh, we did that to start with. Turn to 5.23. Oh, I'm sorry, 5-8. Huh. 
I even said the wrong verse. Sorry, next one's 623. 5-8, you should be on page 40 now. Dog ear, first thing. Verse 5-8 says this, but God showed his great power for us, power over us, commands over us, lording over us, telling us this is how you have to do it or you're going straight to hell. No, no, no. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When are we still sinners? While we're in this body, while we're on this earth, during this time. And so many times, the very areas that we miss the mark with God, we hold ourselves back from him. And he doesn't want that from us. Look at the note over on the side. It says, this is the second verse of the Roman road, which, which teaches us how to share salvation with someone that wants to know for sure they have a place in heaven with a loving heavenly father. One of the things that I share at every funeral for a believer, let me take that back for a second. It's not a funeral. A funeral is for someone who doesn't know Jesus as their personal savior, who doesn't know where they're going to spend eternity. A celebration of life is for someone who knows who Jesus is, who knows that God loved them so much that they accepted him as their savior. I share this each and every time that I go out that, that I'm at a funeral. If you want to know where Jesus is right now, he is in heaven. But especially if you're not a person of faith, the person of faith in your life, it could have been your wife, it could be your wife, it could be your mom, your grandma, it could be the person that continued to show that love constantly because of the faith they had. It could be an aunt, it could be a neighbor, it could be a boss, it could be whoever it might be. When that person goes and they lived a life of faith and they love God so much that they ask him in their heart, they are in eternity with them. So heaven isn't heaven without Jesus and heaven isn't heaven without that person. And that person doesn't want heaven to be heaven without you and me. Here we go. It continues. It says, the ver this verse shares with us that Jesus Christ did what? He died for our sins. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you and me. Why would he do that? Think of your best friend in the world. Would you take a bullet for him or her? I mean, really? I mean, it's easy to say it. Then all of a sudden you're in a gunfight and you're pulling them in front of you. Right? Hey, you know Jesus, right? Good. I don't yet. Here, be my shield. Be my rock. Oh, that looked like it hurt. We laugh, but later on with your best friend, you'd be like, I'd be pulling you in front of me. Just so you know, because, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Listen, if you don't know where you're at from a faith standpoint, you're pulling people in front of you. Because there's a fear when you have to face God. So this verse says... This verse shares with us that Christ, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. All those areas that we miss, even on the timing, Jesus said, no, 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 I'm going to give everything for it. Okay, let's go to the next one. It says on the bottom, as far as the verses, it says Romans 6.23. Go a few pages forward, by the way. I hope you dog-eared that. Make sure that you did. Dog-ear this, page 48. Next part. We'll go down to the note, but let's read the verse. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Each of us gets to choose where we spend eternity. You get to choose, and I get to choose where we spend eternity. If we choose to sin, meaning miss the mark, against God, we... Oh, by the way, I'm reading the note on the right. I apologize. If we choose to sin, meaning miss the mark, against God, we choose to walk as this world does and not in faith. God is a gentleman. 
He is not going to force himself on any of us. God does offer us a way to him forever by giving, in, by giving us the gift of eternal life. Romans 6.23 tells us that this gift comes from God through his son, Jesus. The offer is to each of us, but it is our choice personally to accept the gift through our faith. So that when we accept that gift and we come before God and he says to us, why should I let you into my heaven? I accepted by faith the one gift that was for everyone. The one gift that you offered. The one gift that you didn't force upon me. The one gift that you gave me in love and in peace and in hope. God, it finally clicked in. And I finally got it. And yeah, I kept trying to do good. But when I started to do good, now I was doing good because of you and for you. Because others needed to see it. I started off doing good just because I needed to feel it. And man, at the end of the day, I still was left wanting. But the more that I reached out to people with your love and showing that, all of a sudden something clicked and it changed. And man, oh man, what a difference in my life. And a difference in my life made a difference in other people's life. Because I stopped long enough in faith to accept you as my savior. Romans 8.1. Go ahead and turn there. Hopefully you dog-eared that one. Rick, I already know I'm going over. I apologize. Romans 8.1. This verse supports the very words of Jesus in John 10.10. See, on 10.10, Jesus says to everyone, hey, the devil's coming for you. He's not coming just to mess with your head, you know, to say you're a dork, say you're never going to get that. You're never going to achieve anything. Just keep trying and trying. You're going to need me in the end anyway. No, no, no. He didn't come to condemn us. He came so that we might live life abundantly. The devil comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus came to put you down or condemn you. Jesus came so that you might be saved. And that you can live with peace and hope and love. 8.1. This verse supports the very words of Jesus in John 10.10. Jesus did not come to condemn us. His words to us tell us that he wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. He came to save us. So now, verse 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Think about that for a second. When you take the step of faith to him. He's already there willing to be your heavenly father. You become a child of God. And no matter how many dumb things you do, no how many bad things you say, no matter how many times you continue to miss the mark, because we're all going to, you are his child and he will never let you go. Jesus said it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I hold you in the palm of my hand. Way back in Sunday school, you learned however long ago, God is all powerful. He's so powerful. He's the most powerful thing ever. If you believe that, when you take the step of faith to him and ask him into your heart as your personal savior, he puts you right there in his hand. He holds that hand like this and he holds it close to his heart. And nothing can overcome that. Okay, next verse, last verse. Romans 10, 8. Make sure you dog ear that page, please. Page 74. I'm going to dog ear it first. If you want to go ahead and dog ear it. You should have lots, lots of dog ears. Maybe notes when you're done. Let's read the note first. 
Second paragraph down. This is a deep and personal choice that each of us make when it comes to our relationship with God. Let's go over to the verse. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who realizes, man, I struggle. For everyone who realizes, oh, man, I, I don't even know why God would want me around. For everyone who struggles with, oh, I've got to fix this first or make this right. For everyone who, who, who deals with anxiety and fear and worry and doubt that rises within. For everyone who just makes bad choices and just keeps making them and keeps making them. Once again, God's not going to force himself on you. But when you take that step of faith, he says he'll take care of it all. Does that mean you're going to live a perfect life? Does it mean everything's going to be great? Does it mean, no, it doesn't mean any of that. That's not our promise. Our promise is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will, not might, not, oh, we're hoping, will be saved. See, when God came to save us, he wasn't just saving us from this world. He was saving us from ourselves because we're the very ones who get in the way when it comes to our walk of faith. All right, Rick, show some pictures here, please, for me real quick. Now, let's hold off here real quick. You should have a book that looks kind of like this, all dog-eared all over the place. Everyone see it? Everyone, everyone got it like that? Take a look at your book, and if it looks like that, you're in a good spot. Okay, just want to make sure. All right, if not, all you have to do is go back and find the emoji, go through and dog ear it, but these are, these are the main points to it. This is in Guatemala yesterday. In Guatemala, there is a school here locally that sent a mission trip. And they went down, and they are in the highest alert areas in Guatemala that they can be in that area. They are out. They're there in the inner city where there's a ton of murder. There is all kinds of uh, crimes that are going on. There's armed robberies. There's all, I mean, it is a bad, bad area to be in. But it's also where the schools happen to be, and so they have to send the kids into it and then send them out. The other area they're in is in such a remote area that when they take pictures like these to send to me, they have to wait till they get back later to send them to me. They're in an area, and I'm so glad you're sitting down, especially young people. They don't have the internet. They don't have cell phones. How do they live? They live because missionaries like this go and reach out to them. But you know what? They get to hear about God. These missionaries have been looking for years and years to have a means to share the gospel with others. And there's just never been anything like it. They have been hoping and praying. And guys, just so you guys know, I had nothing to do with this. I can't speak Spanish. I can't read Spanish. I said to the one guy who was a teacher at CBCA, hey, should I put Juan stall on that? And he was like, um, don't take this wrong, but when they look at you, they're going to know you're not a Juan. I'm like, okay, so we'll just go from there. Folks, God can move anywhere at any time. But it has to start with us to make a decision. Now, some of you are going, oh, great. Now I got to go to a mission trip and I got to go to a third world country and I have to go to the most, you know, the most, uh, the high crime areas and the most remote areas where I'm not even going to have cell service and I'm not going to be able to snap my picture and send it, all that kind of stuff. Nope. You know why? Because you aren't ready for it. I'm not ready for it. Maybe you're getting closer ready for it. Maybe you're not. Or maybe you're ready to take that step of faith to go and help others in an area so that you can just focus on your relationship with God. But you can't take this step until you get the first step right with God. Stopping long enough to admit that God loves you. Little old you. Little old you, just like you are. 
all your screw-ups, all the places you miss, all those things. He made us for the here and now, but you and I are an eternal being when we choose through faith to accept the very gift that he gave us. Let's think of it this way. If I walked into you and you are not a believer and I said to you, hey, God has one gift for you, just one gift for you. And even if you don't believe it, but I have this gift for you, would you want it? And as a believer, our answer is like, yeah, if God's going to give us stuff, you know, I can't wait to open the box. But see, it's really tough to put our hands around peace and love and hope, isn't it? Can't touch those things. But the step that we take, we also can't touch, which is that step of faith. This is a woman and a couple other leaders that have gone to the highest, biggest struggled areas in Guatemala city and in the outreaches. And guess what they're doing? They're studying the gospel of John together. Folks, they're sixth grade kids. They're sixth graders and they're not afraid. They don't have fear because if they fueled that fear, their faith would be set aside. If they fuel that faith, put the fear away. They want to see what God is doing with them. And at one point, they were disciples. And at the next point, they made a decision of faith. And they grew to the point where they can become apostles, which means they can be sent out. Every class is now studying the gospel of John. And they're going in and feeding them and clothing them and doing all the things they can do to help them. But they're not missing out when it comes to their faith and sharing it. And the best part about it is... When they come back, because it's in English, they can share it with their friends and share it with people around them and continue to grow. See, there, they're not going to have all the noise that's going to drown everything out. Here we are. With all the things that are fun, with all the things that, man, we just love to do, with all the things that get in the way with our walk of faith. Because we have whatever it is that we need at hand. Welcome to the United States. But many times, just as the numbers show, that means we are the ones who start to step away from our growth and faith. Go ahead and go to the next picture, Rick. There's three of the classes. There's the people that are teaching, two ladies, two guys, and then the regular teacher. Go ahead and go to the next one, Rick. This is a pastoral conference in the Dominican Republic. When we went down there, our thought was, oh, my goodness, we'll help all the churches, and the churches will help them to grow. And the church was like, we don't need that. We don't want that. We're just trying to keep our doors open. And so God sent us a missionary, a, ba a former baseball player, professional baseball player, who was like, I'm going to go to the baseball fields because the baseball fields are where the mission fields are. And as he showed up to more and more baseball fields and taught 50 kids how to play baseball, afterward he studied with 20 people the gospel of John. And he let every single one of them know, God loves you so much just as you are. And he didn't come to condemn you. He came so that you might be saved. It just takes a step of faith. Go ahead and go to the, oh, let's stop it for a second. Oh, go back, go back, go, go, go back. This are, these are the pastors who finally are seeing, hey, what's going on in my village? You know, you guys are supposed to come to the church, and I'll teach you about Jesus. Oh, wait, that's right, I'm an apostle. That means I need to be sent out. And so the pastor started going to the baseball fields with the player. 2,000 studies in the Gospel of John that are going on right now. They just started in three more villages. And last week at those villages, seven people took the step of faith to ask God, very son, into their heart as their Savior. 
Isn't that amazing? And none of us were there for it. And yet, in heaven one day, we'll get a chance to meet some of those people. Go ahead and go to the next one, Rick. This is a soccer camp. How many people here play soccer? God love you. Oh, it's a lot of running. I would have to be the goalie because I get to wear those cool gloves. But I, I just didn't even know how to do it. This is a soccer camp. They said, hey, if we can do this in baseball, we can also do it in soccer. Go ahead, Rick. Go to the next one. These are the three guys that are heading to the soccer field. And look what they're armed with. The Gospel of John. See, when people see the Holy Bible, especially on missions field, they can get in trouble for it. When they see this, oh my goodness, I love emojis. At a Christmas outreach in Erie, Pennsylvania, one of the ladies who reaches all the homeless people there, she reaches all the downtrodden people there. They had these up for the people that were coming in as they were feeding them. They had a schizophrenic guy that came in. He scares all of them. He's, he's just a scary guy because they don't know when he's going to snap and they don't know what they're going to get when they sit down at the table. He sat down and saw the emojis, and he was like, oh, my goodness, emojis, I love this. What is this? And for the next two to three hours, all they talked about was Jesus, and it completely took everything else away. God can handle all that. Are we willing to share it with others? Go ahead and keep going, Rick. This is uh, part of that soccer camp. Go ahead, Rick. This is the baseball guy with his camp. Go ahead, Rick. That's Pedro, by the way. Go back. I'm sorry. That's Pedro. Now the baseball, okay, remember we started with the church, it didn't work, we went to baseball, then it went to soccer, go ahead and go. Softball, wait a second. That's a whole different sport, right? Man, softball's fun. But softball, the ladies play softball. The wife of Pedro and the ladies that are the wives of the pastors are reaching people where it is that they play and they live. Go ahead and go to the next one. This is the camp, the people that they talk to and they reach, and you get all ages going through. We're in the, uh, the New Living Translation is Spanish as well. So down to second and third grade. Go ahead and go to the next one. There's the people that are watching as are being taught. That kid over on the left doesn't look excited at all. But that kid does. All right. Not everyone's going to be excited. We get it. Go ahead and go. Look at those faces. Is that the last picture, Rick? Look at those faces. God's word can change us from the inside out. Our step is a step of faith that will change us from the inside out. But here's the last thing I want to share with you. Some of you have been taught that, oh, when you take the step of faith and then there's a sinner's prayer and here's how we do the sinner's prayer. There's nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, where someone stops and gives a sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer was actually written as a hymn to help people to go through it. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I want to talk with God and you talk to God and you share with God what's on your heart. But the step of faith between you and God is a personal one. Now, I'm going to give an invitation a little bit. I'm going to have everyone's eyes, their clothes and all that stuff, and you'll get a chance to reach up to God. I, I, every message needs to have that time. But your step of faith to God is a personal one. So you've got to let God know first that, God, you know what? I want to ask you into my heart as my Savior. I know I missed the mark. I know that I screw up and you got to judge it, but for some reason you set a gift for this whole world. And you sent a gift for little old me. And so I'm not going to do everything right and I'm not going to be perfect, but I'll tell you what, I don't want to miss the mark. And I don't want to miss you. And I'm so thankful and so grateful and so overwhelmed that you would give everything for me, your one and only son. And so today I want to give everything I can back to you. So I want to ask in my heart 
as my personal Savior. I sat down with Colin. Colin's seven, right? Eight. So he had a birthday about an hour ago. That's not true. We sat down a couple, a year plus ago, and he just did not understand it. His brother did, but he really didn't. And so the parents didn't force it upon him and push it upon him because that's not what you do in love. But a month or so ago, we sat down and we got all the way through this and we talked about this very thing. And so I said to him, Colin, if you were to die today and you were to go before God and you said, and God said to you, Colin, why would I let you into my heaven? Colin's answer wasn't because I know the greatest place set in the world is behind you. Colin's answer wasn't because I just have fun. Colin's answer wasn't, hey, because I earned it. Colin's answer was this, because God sent his son, Jesus, for me. And in faith, I asked Jesus to be with me forever. That is the answer to the greatest question you'll ever have. But it's you and I that have to take that step personally to a God that loves you so much that he sent his son for you to die on the cross and to raise from the dead three days later to show you and show me that we could have eternal life. Now, there's a whole part in between. We're not getting that today. But here's what I want to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. The praise team is going to come up. I'm going to introduce you to a young man by the name of Ethan today. I have a feeling that Ethan and I are going to become fast friends. Come on up, Ethan and Lisa. Praise team is going to start to sing, in, uh, and, or they're just going to start to have some music and invitation song, and we are going to baptize this young man together. But before we do, every, every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're working on your faith, if you're working on getting to heaven, if you're trying to be good or gooder or goodest and hoping that's going to get you there, but today you realize, man, I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I don't have to keep striving for it. I just need to stop long enough and in faith, just reach my hand up to God and say, God, this is between you and me and I am with you. I missed the mark. I screw it up. And I know you have to judge that, but you love me so much that you gave me everything. You're one and only son. And so today by faith, I want to reach my hand up to you and ask you into my heart as my personal savior. And if that's a step that you want to take today, would you just lift your hand up to him? Because I want you to know for sure that you have a place in heaven with him. Okay, everyone look at me. Once again, that's a personal choice that you make. If you're not there yet, at some point, sometime, you can talk to God about it. We gave you the books today so that you would know the verses to go through and that you could share it with someone else, but you could start with it for you personally. But right now, everyone, this is Ethan. Ethan, say hey to everyone. Okay. Hey, there we go. You can get someone to say hi. Have you come to the place in your life where you have stopped long enough to recognize God and his son and ask Jesus into your life as your personal savior? Yes. All right. If you guys would head up, go to that room. If you guys could get changed, we're going to raise this in just a little bit. Go ahead and head up to, I'm sorry, right behind that door, go up the stairs. Go ahead and get changed, and I'll come up and get you in a little bit. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to raise this. Keith, if you want to go back to make sure all the kids are in here for this, we're going to raise the screen. We're going to baptize Ethan. But we have one last thing for you. 
I know I'm sorry I went over a little bit, but it's important, okay? I really want you to stay here for the baptism, please. We're going to get the kiddos in here so that way you can just grab your kids from in here. We're going to baptize them together. Before we do that, the praise team is going to sing one last song. I'll be back down in just a little bit. Would you all please rise and let's close in worship. Jeremy, do you want to come up and take pictures? You can. You're, you're more than welcome to. I can have Nellie take them too. She's the best at it. She'll send them to me. Oh, we have someone? Oh, parade wave. I like that. All right, let's move this stuff. Last week with Colin, we couldn't really see him very well. And that's my fault. Oh, look, we're remodeling for Orchard Hill. I did my part. All right. Um, how warm is it in there? Yeah, well, it's a hot tub now. So, what's that? So, that's good. All right. So, um, more people get baptized that way. Don't forget, I have one more thing for you. Okay? So, everyone have a seat. Ethan, come on down. You guys want to come up on stage? You can. Feel free to. Well, you act, you're acting like you're cold. Like shaking. Isn't it warm? Okay, all right, here, stand aside. If you want to grab her arm like I showed you. One under, one over. Okay, move a little bit this way just because he's a little bit tall. All right, move just a little bit this way. Okay, good. Face me. You guys, here, come on over here. Come to the side. Let me get out of the way. Keep going. All right. I'll stand behind you. That way they can look. It'll be like, you know, we're all in the, you know, photography thing. Here we go. Ethan, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in obedience to his command, we now baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of Jesus' death. Raised in the likeness of Christ's resurrection. Okay, hold on. Get a picture there. Hop in there, get a good picture. That's right, here. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Smile, smile. Give him a cheese. There we go. Fantastic. All right. Wasn't it great that mom made sure that he was getting baptized? She like dunked him twice. All right. All right. You guys head back up. Remember, we're gonna, I'm going to come up and we're going to talk. Or else you guys get changed and then come down and we'll talk. All right. Now, who loves gifts? If God were to give you one gift today, would you accept it? Wouldn't you love to see what it was when it was unpackaged? His gift that he gives you and offers you freely is his one and only son. And when you take a step of faith with him, you can live in peace, you can live with hope, and you can live with that love and share it with others. When you leave today, I'm sending out Rick and Keith. They are my apostles today. Not my apostles, our apostles. They're going to be at the exit when you leave. Now, hold on a second, Rick, because I have to embarrass you a little bit. You guys... We're going to become Orchard Hill next week. But there are three guys, three elders, that in the last five and a half years, that had they not been beside me, I don't know where we'd be. They are truly the guys that kept this church and the doors open. They are blessings to me and my family. They are blessings to each one of you. I'm very, very thankful. So if while they give you a book... If you want to tell them thank you, please do so. Next week, we become Orchard Hill. This gives you an opportunity to reach out to someone this week. That's your challenge. And then to invite them back for next week. So when you leave today, 
Keith, go ahead and head out. And Rick, go ahead and head out. They're going to have another one of these for you. This is a gift from the church for you to share with someone else. And the coolest thing, if you want, you can go ahead and dog ear all the pages ahead of time. And when they go, hey, dude, there's something wrong with this book. Well, funny you should bring that up. Let's talk about it. Have a wonderful day. Very grateful and blessed for all of you. Go out and challenge yourself this week with the Roman road. Thank you. Morning. Good morning. Anybody hear me? Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Got a couple announcements for you guys. Um, uh, the there are Orchard Hill questionnaires, answers, uh, question and answer sheets out on the. Uh, what do we call that? The Welcome Center. Yes. There's uh, stuff. There's uh, the answers and question sheets out there. Um, also, the year-end statements are available out there as well. If we didn't get those to you, they're available for you out there in the same location. Hope Outreach is still looking for warm weather gear. Hats, gloves, scarves, socks, blankets, jackets, boots, anything that you would think that would keep you warm. Um, they are in desperate need of that, especially with uh, you know the cold weather getting ready to come in here. Uh, men's and women's Bible studies are happening on Thursdays uh, individually. Uh, we have the women meeting in the back and the men meeting uh, up front at eight or, sorry, 6.30 to 8, and that's on Thursdays. Combined Bible studies will be happening on Wednesdays starting at 6.30 and also going to 8 here um, at uh, Orchard Hill. Orchard Hill. I got the okay. Um, also... January 29th, we'll be launching our first official Orchard Hill um, gathering here at, uh, at Orchard Hill, <laughs> uh, starting at 10 o'clock as normal. And lastly, uh, probably, you know, most importantly, February 12th is a special day. Please mark that down in your calendars. We will be commissioning Mr. John Stahl. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but um, he's being commissioned here full-time uh, for full-time missionary for the Emoji Bible Project. And um, this is awesome. Do you think maybe we can give him a big round of applause, please? Because this is a great. Um, we'll be also having a potluck after that. Um, there's a sign up uh, online at ohohio.com that we can go on to and uh, get signed up for everything there. Thank you.